0: Welcome to the Very Hickam Bros episode 11 of season 4. Trevor here and uh, my brother is on a break uh, for family time. Uh, we have Nick. He's just, he's the only one. He's
1: all we can get. Is he's, he's
0: the fans. only one here because <laughs> Kyle is uh, working. He is unfortunately caught in early, so. Yes, that's the uh,
1: yeah. Just just another day, just another just, just another magic Sunday,
0: another farm.
1: <clears throat> Actually, not. You know, this is, we're recording. Unusually, <laughs> we're, we are recording on a Sunday, which means that neither of us are working, so or have worked. It's
0: today. true. It's true.
1: So normally we record on a weekday, in which we're all kind of blown out and tired from having worked all day. So hey, we're, we're fresh. <laughs> we're fresh for this.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, so, yeah, this week's been kind of busy. Had a <laughs> couple at Chick-fil-A, so that was fun. Uh, You've been training some
1: juniors, right?
0: Yeah, some juniors. I uh, had, like, no idea what they are doing, so. some um, uh, Classic. Yeah, classic, an uh, hour and a half waiting outside for cars to drive by is awesome.
1: Um, everybody's going to work somewhere, <laughs> I guess.
0: I know. I wasn't that bad, but I remember when I was a junior, I had some times. Uh, uh... I've
1: been kind of doing not too much. <clears throat> I haven't been doing too much, too many interesting things this week. Just another week working. Took some photos the other day. It was good. But, um, yeah, I don't know. to me, this has been, now, it's, uh, it's Sunday. It's been one of those weekends that's like, okay, now it's basically done. I don't know what happened to that weekend, but uh yeah yeah i don't know I have not too much to report i guess
0: i guess better than having bad news to report
1: <laughs> i suppose that's true yeah no news is better than no news, news. is better than no bad news uh did you just said no news is better than no news <laughs> than bad news anyways yeah what do you have for us this week do you have uh What's what's on your mind to talk about?
0: Um well um uh, I just finished rewatching some of the Overwatch League finals for twenty twenty one. Um and I re-watched since like I watched like uh starting from the halftime like break, they were showing like uh the most Overwatch 2 content we've gotten in the last year and a half or two. So that was cool. Um Thought it was interesting because the map I couldn't tell if it, like it was a small map because it looked kind of like maybe the same size as a two CP map, but I couldn't tell because like the way the tra- trajectory of like um, two I think they call it the the robot thing like, it, it kind of winds around, so I couldn't tell if it was like actually small or, or big because the trail goes. But it looked like a cool game mode because, like um, Aaron Kelly was saying, it's kind of like a mix between uh, a objective, um, like King of the Hill, and a push payload map. So, kind of mixes the, the both modes because when you have the robot move somewhere else, it's not just one team can push it; they can push it back. So it's kind of like a King of the Hill, as long as you have um, teammates around it, then uh, it could possibly be stopped um, if it's been contested. But yeah, that's
1: uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that with that game mode, it doesn't the, the maps don't have to be as sprawling, obviously, because you're not pushing one payload from A to B. You're kind of pushing it away from the middle. So both paths mirror each other. And so it's, from what I saw, it's not tiny, but maybe feels smaller because of the route that it takes compared to the bigger payload maps.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's the only other thought I had. I mean, sound effects, cool. But I kind of wanted to see, like, I don't know, more of what's actually new. besides just, like, is it going to be like completely changed characters all around. We saw Bastion and then we saw Sombra. Sombra seemed like a cool rework of how she works slow. A, a little more like uh assassin-y like chaser. But she still has utilities, you know like one second hack to stop ultimates and stuff. And then Bastion's like completely uh maybe he's like moving around as a chariot. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's funny to watch him doing that. It was like, I, if you had asked me beforehand, oh, what, what should we add to Bastion? I, I wouldn't have said, yeah, let him move around while he's a turret. That's kind of great. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, then again, maybe I just don't play that much Bastion.
0: Yeah. Hopefully uh, because it looks like it's the uh, they are satisfied enough for to present it as a game in like an official match so it must be like uh, far enough along for them to consider it like uh, stable enough for not be like I don't know bug holes to like break the game and stuff like that so hopefully we get it, like, by the end yeah. of the, uh, quarter to uh, 2022.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, like you said, I think they've essentially promised, or they've, they're have they hoping that it gets... I think they pr- pretty much promised it, that the Overwatch League is going to be starting next year on a version of the next game, Overwatch 2. And so if it's good enough for them, it's going to be good enough to release before too long. You know, that, that gives them hope that it's not just going to be endless development.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how I'm hoping. But yeah, I'll be uh, excited to see uh, how Overwatch 2 uh, plays in the Overwatch League next year. I don't know when it starts. I think it's like around March, April. They usually start up the next season.
1: Something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you have any little comments or uh,
1: quick topics? Uh, Well, not about Overwatch, I guess, since we kind of exhausted that. I guess the other interesting thing that happened uh, on Friday, of course, the new iPhones came out, and of course, I got one of them. So I've been playing with the 13 Pro, and it's a cool phone. I don't know. I feel like you know, so much gets written about these things because they're such a big deal, and you know, millions and millions of people end up using them, Uh, and they're not these upgrades. Some people say, oh, that's a massive upgrade for the screen or the camera. And other people say, you know, not a big deal, basically a small upgrade. And everybody has to kind of remember this. These upgrades year over year aren't really designed for people who buy them every year. That's not not really a thing. There are enthusiasts who do that, myself, you with your various Android phones. But when it comes to it, you know, most, the average person is buying one phone, like, Every two, three, four years, maybe more. So, I, I mean, if you think about it, if I think about it that way, if somebody's coming from an iPhone X or something, or XS or eight to this, it's going to be an insanely great upgrade for them. Uh, yeah, I've used it for a few days, and I'm coming from the 12 Pro, so it's I'm just seeing the incremental thing. Uh, I, I don't see that the 120 hertz refresh rate screen, the Apple Pro Motion display, as being you know, it's it's nice. It, the whole thing feels a little smoother, so I would say that the the phone just feels a little more fluid. But for me, it's not. I wouldn't call it a massive game changer. Like back originally, when Apple put the first high density display in their Retina display in the iPhone four, that was like an actual game changer. It, it, everything looked, yeah. everything that was designed for it looked better. It was it was just it was kind of like there's 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 before that, and then there's after that in terms of display quality. Really, this this for me is not that I'm used to it. To me, it made a bigger difference than the iPad. Um, the iPads have had that ProMotion display for, for five years or six years now. Um, that was really cool <clears throat> to see that. Or maybe it was maybe four or five years. But I, maybe just seeing it on a bigger screen seems more impressive to me because I'm not. You're nobody's used to seeing really big, you know, like 13-inch screens refresh that quickly. I mean, some gamers are, but you know what I'm saying? The average person, they're like, you can do that. So I think it's been... Um, yeah, it's cool to have on the iPhone. I would say for me, not a game changer. I will say the camera system is great. Um, I'd still need to test it some more in terms of just using it. I've taken it outside. and The macro mode is awesome. I think it works better than I even expected. Um, but you can definitely see, I, I see a difference in the aesthetic of these photos versus like all the previous iPhones. I can I think part of it's the bigger sensors, part of it's the processing, but... I think what most of the reviews have pointed out too is that you just low light was really improved a lot. It was already pretty good on the iPhone. So I'm hoping that I have some reason to test that out. I don't really go out that much at night I mean, anymore just because there's not much going on right now. Yeah. But um, in, in, in times when I, you know, if I were to take a trip somewhere or maybe go out some eventually sometime at night, it'd be, it's nice to know that it's going to be crisper. But I mean, it really is the cameras and the screen that are the main new things. The battery life is also supposed to be really great. Um, I My old phone was fine. I, I'm not somebody who uses my phone so heavily that it dies by the end of the day. I feel like the last phone that really did that for me was like the iPhone, maybe the six or seven. I think by the time I was using the 10, 11, 12, they've all been good enough for me. But I, I definitely, I'm never going to say no to more battery life. You know, as I can I can think of a time like if I'm thinking soon, soon I'm thinking about going up to the city and just spending some time up there for a day or point to museum or something. If I if that's a day of like going over the hill, parking, taking a train, going to the city, that yeah. Yeah, that is gonna be brutal for battery life. So that's a situation where if I did that kind of thing all the time, I'd be super happy. Overall it seems like good battery life. Seems like a nice phone. Uh, not not too much to say. It's like say a couple of times. I was it was funny, I was talking Trevor and I were playing Overwatch as we do. And I think we were talking about something. And I was talking about the phone and I'm like, why isn't the phone doing this thing? And I realized I had picked up my old <laughs> phone and I couldn't even I didn't even tell the difference. I mean, obviously sometimes if you feel the back, the camera bump is like super large compared to the old one, but still it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's pretty similar. It's just better in most ways. So I guess a quick review on the iPhone, it's, it's a great phone. The, the way that the last one was a great <laughs> phone, you know, it's we're not really looking at reinventing the wheel with these things anymore. We've been using iPhones for 14 years or something, something really long now. So it's not, we're kind of on the iterative improvement. I mean, eventually there will be big, like maybe some big changes, but yeah, you know, it's not like every year uh, when they release a new car or truck, all the features are revamped. It's just slow improvements that make them all better than 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, how much is, like, a, I
0: can't remember, at the lowest end? Is it, like, 800, 700?
1: Uh, well, the, I think the 13 Mini is, like, 700. Huh. And then the 13 is 8. And then the Probe is 1,000 thousand and eleven hundred. 1,100. So you yeah. can get into the you can get into it for like seven hundred bucks for the like the current model, which is I mean it's a lot of money, but it's not a thousand bucks if you if you're cool with a small phone. I actually heard that the battery like, life is better too, so it's like now you might be able to use the mini huh? for a normal day and be fine. The the, um,
0: the mini has everything except for like maybe one lens, yeah, one camera uh, on the pro.
1: Yeah, so it has the image display. Oh, does it? Yeah, so the, the pro models are the ones that have the high re- the variable refresh rate. Uh, the mini doesn't have that. It does. It has it doesn't have the telephoto lens, and the sensors are a little bit smaller, but still bigger than last year's. So it's it's a camera upgrade from last year, but not as massive an upgrade as the uh, the pro models. But other than that, it's just you know, it's a smaller battery, but it's still the internals are basically the same. I think it has one fewer GPU core than the pro models. But, you know, it's funny when you say that about this, the performance, it's still, even if it, the performance hadn't changed from last year, which it did, it got a little better, it would still be the fastest phone. So it's, I feel like with nobody, pretty much nobody should ever go, oh, my phone, my iPhone's too slow. If you bought an iPhone the last three or four years, you're probably fine. What are you doing on your phone? Right. <clears throat> maybe an argument made for like a tablet or something where people might be actually using it to process photos or audio or video uh, or something but right. yeah the majority of people probably are doing super heavy things on their phones and if you are then again any iphone will probably be fine for that yeah,
0: i saw like uh, either video or article headlines like oh is the iphone 13 the best value and i'm like probably the best value for seven bucks like probably faster than any computer you can buy Maybe you don't yeah. use a computer all the time because you don't have time to sit down and browse, so my, yeah, it could be. For seven bucks, probably have, like, the best all computer you can get.
1: I mean, yeah, I would say I mostly agree. I, I saw, like I said, some of the benchmarks are putting the single-core Geekbench and the new processor at, like, 1700 and, you know, $6,000 Mac Pro. The base model Geekbench is at, like, 1100 so it's, it's faster than that. Uh, for single-core, obviously not for multi, but I think it's interesting. If you think about it that way, um, the new iPad mini is like 500 bucks and I could see the same processor and a bigger screen. Oh yeah. Huh. So I, I, like in a, in a way, $500 iPad mini is like one of the best deals. If you don't have, if you have zero computers and maybe you already have a phone, like you can always, like, you can get an incredibly fast little computer by buying that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think some people always think that phones have grown so expensive and they, they are expensive, but they've kind of become the primary device for the average person now. So I think that it's not that unusual for people to spend money on something they use all the time. You know, people right. used spend five hundred or, or, 500 or on a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars or three hundred dollars on on a computer. Now they might not be doing that as much. So you know, phones have gotten more expensive. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, I, like we said, I we always talk about it like I don't mind uh, paying extra. 300 bucks for the newest, greatest phone because I know every day I'm using it for like music or any kind of uh, media. Um,
1: well, you specifically. Yeah. Uh, you use it. It's your main device. And although you do have a very nice desktop computer, you find yourself using the phone just because you're, it's just a habit for you and maybe you prefer it for whatever reason. You, you listen to a lot of things and uh, you browse on it. Yeah. So, but it, that's like case in point. Like you said, most people, that's going to be their kind of everyday thing but that's one thing i've kind of i mean the one mixed feeling i have about that is yeah people just need to use whatever device that's more comfortable for them so i think that's great but part of me is like oh huh, i guess we're really coming to a point where it's less common to you know even when, when i publish something online if i put something on a website uh, or at work if i'm designing something for the website at work or doing whatever i'm doing and I started to think about it like, oh, wow, I really, you know, we are like a mobile first world. And I'm still, because I grew up in the era where everybody was on their desktops and then laptops and then maybe tablets and now phones, um, I have to get myself out of the mindset of thinking that we're all looking at things on a large screen, you know, and sometimes that can affect your perception of, 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 a, of a picture or of a webpage or whatever you're looking at or a video, you know, it's a different, it's just different seeing something on a five inch screen versus a 12 or 15 inch screen or 20 inch or whatever. But I mean, obviously everybody still uses their TVs to watch video. So there's that, but I think it's, you know, it's interesting that we've kind of gone away from using the, like the 10 to 15 inch screen as much as we used to as a culture.
0: Yeah. I'd say probably the, this generation, the first device they see is probably a tablet or a phone. So, they don't know like, what a typical, like, desktop website is until they get onto a big screen, so.
1: Yeah, but I guess in some ways that if you have, I mean, iPads render desktop websites, and those are there's still a lot of iPads being used, so, I mean, there's lots of people who see that, and there are, there are obviously, computer, like, traditional desktop OS computers being used everywhere, but it's, it's way less common for, like, I keep I always have to say like, average people or normal people because, you uh, know, I'm not, I don't think of myself as some super freak, but I am, <laughs> as an enthusiast with technology, it just automatically puts you in a different category. You know, if you're aware of any of these things, just even having this conversation is not something that any average person would do. They would just go, hey, uh, I want a new phone. So they go to their Verizon store and they go, okay, I want to spend $600 and they just see what they can buy. I mean, that's the average thing. Or, the, or yeah. maybe they go, hey, I heard that the, the new iPhone has a really good camera. I'm going to buy that one. You, you know, and there's, you know, so I think, I, we spend so much time thinking about it and talking about all these things, but most people I know, they just go, okay, time for a new phone. Or they go, okay, I heard this specific feature that I want on this new phone. It's bigger or it's got a better battery. They just, they buy it like that. Most people don't go, you know, most people don't think that deeply about it. I think, uh, unless maybe they're super budget conscious, then obviously they're, they're shopping that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't, um, I feel like most people are just like, oh, it's um, $40 a month. It's fine. So they just get the newest phone. And like you said, every four years, probably people get it. So they don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm out of touch with it. It could be every couple of years, but just knowing the, and I, <laughs> I was about to cite the other people I know in real life, mostly my coworkers, but even then the people I work with are like in their twenties and they like to have a decent phone. So, most of them are using phones from the last two years, maybe, maybe three, but like everybody at work, everybody that I work with has an iPhone, with face ID, you know, nobody has an old style phone. And so it's like, it's just interesting to see, you know, if I bet if I went to a different community, there'd be people who were all on an iPhone SE or everybody was on like $200 iPhone uh, Android phones or whatever. And just because I happen to live in an area where we can, because we all, can I guess can afford the technology or whatever? So it's, I have to kind of check that privilege a little bit and go, okay, maybe maybe where I maybe the people I hang around with and everything those are not representative, obviously, of like the average person who might not just be going out to buy a thousand dollar phone every one or two years.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of my coworkers, she has a I think it's some Samsung device, but looks like it has pretty good photos. So uh, she seems to actually use it for more than just texting and uh, like GPS. Uh, so, I mean, it could be just um, people enjoy having good devices. I don't know if everyone's super budget conscious. So.
1: Well, I mean, it just, I guess what I'm saying is depends. If you live in a poverty-stricken area, I don't think like it's going to be a big decision whether you're going to get the 12 or 13 iPhone. You're probably going to be like, I'm going to buy secondhand the cheapest one I can get that will work you know I mean I'm just saying there's there's a lot of places that are less well off than the places we live so it's it's a little different or there's places in the, you know there's different places in the U.S. and there's also places around the world so I guess I, I what I'm saying is we come from very like U.S. kind of you know people in their 20s or 30s like with decent money perspective but not everybody has that so it's it just feels funny talking about it because I have to take a step back we're talking about these new phones always and go okay like this is great but uh it, sometimes it feels like our entire world becomes this technology and like oh you know this upgrade or that upgrade or whatever and then you go back and you're like wow you know it's, it's 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 a smaller group of people i think than we realize who can actually like keep up with all of this and we're yeah. the we too um but hopefully there's more news of that phone that you want right I mean everybody it's kind of an open, not even a secret I was going to say it's an open secret Google <laughs> actually displays those uh, sort of models of it in their one of their stores in New York I think right so they the new pixel phones are they really everybody knows that yeah, I saw some pictures I think in the front window they have dummy models
0: yeah um yeah i wanna <clears throat> I want that new uh, pixel six hopefully uh in within the next three weeks because we're hitting. October, and there's supposed to be some kind of announcement during like this third week, like October 13th or 17th, around there. Um, one of the leaks, um, talks about like, uh, this Pixel 6 Pro or even a Pixel Fold, um, coming out that are being launched with the Samsung LTPO OLED. Panels. Um, Does the iPhone 13 have that?
1: From what I've heard, the Pro models do, but I I don't think that the non-Pro models do. Do
0: you like tell any difference from last last one you had, the iPhone 12?
1: In terms of the quality of display, I don't see anything. I haven't I haven't looked at them extremely critically because I don't use them at the same time. But I say the only thing, the main difference for me has been the refresh rate. Everything else seems pretty consistent. Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, I guess it's not like a huge game changer than if you immediately can't like tell the difference.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, the quality, I mean, like I said the, the, before, the quality of the displays, and Apple is pretty, one of the things they focus on is ca- calibrating their screens uh, to look close enough to each other. Obviously, if you have two different displays, they're always going to look a little different, but they're, you know, they don't, you buy an iMac, you buy an iPad, you buy a phone, and it's going to look, probably more similar than they look different. I think obviously the screen technology is different in some of those, but, um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't expect to buy a new iPhone one year after the other and then have it look like really different, you know, in terms of the color or the contrast or anything, unless it's moving from OLED to LCD, but you know, nobody, nobody was talking about how we're going to expect some different quality of display other than the refresh. So I guess, I don't know. I Are think, people yeah. That in general? The, um, I think
0: that's the main, uh, big, like, features for the LTPO is that can run as low. Like we were talking about last time, um, it can run as low as 1Hz uh, refresh, so it can save battery when you don't need the 60 or more refresh if you're just, like, reading, or, um, I don't know, looking at a photo or something. Uh, it doesn't have to refresh 120 times when uh, it's just wasting battery
1: that, in that way. Yeah, do you know if any Android phones actually work like that yet? Because I know for the first few, the first wave of those devices, everybody was talking about how great the screens were, but they would really suck out battery life if you left it on 120 because there wasn't much adaptability with those.
0: Um, it says the Oppo and the newest Samsung have it in their flagships. Uh, it's a, it is a Samsung display, so I, I'm assuming it has. Uh, they have it in the uh, S21 Pro um a lot of it isn't
1: it's like a hardware it's a software feature as well as hardware you you have to have like different
0: yeah you still need need the hardware yeah well i know my phone doesn't have it because i haven't had anything mentioned about it so i think it's a new
1: surprise i think that's one of the reasons that the battery life is so high in some of these new iphones is that it can it's like Breaking down the display is like a, almost a bigger deal than going up. You know, in terms of battery life, if you're watching a video now, you're getting like six or seven or eight hours more screen time on the new iPhones than the old ones, just because the screens are way more efficient.
0: Right, it's awesome. That's cool. Like one way to maximize um, battery life is not always adding in a new bigger battery, or like you can always. Improve upon your energy efficiency uses in like a screen or what the display has software wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those specs. I think a lot of people, I think sometimes it is more comparable. Like if you're talking about two like flagship Android phones, they're probably using pretty similar hardware. So you might be able to compare them, you know, this is a such and such right. battery and this is another, you know, they could, but when you compare them between platforms, like iPhones have had smaller batteries, but have still gotten, the last, at least the last few, have gotten great battery life. And people go, oh, like, that's just such a tiny battery. Well, yeah, compared to this massive Android phone, but you can't really compare it just because they use, they're built kind of like they're, the iPhone's just more efficient in different ways. So it doesn't need a massive battery. If you put one in there, it'd be, it'd be awesome. But I'm just saying, like, you can get similar battery life out of two different battery sizes because you're using different hardware. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh... It would be nice to, it seems like, I, I think it would come with it. It seems like a, a natural progression of Google using uh, the latest technology if they're really serious about smartphones this year. Um,
1: yeah. Well, we all know that your current phone basically just got it almost two feet in the grave because it's so old. So,
0: Oh, yeah. Can't wait for you to get you know, six, six months old, I can't. I can't live with it anymore. <laughs> uh, it's a, I just put cups on it now. It's like a tray. <laughs> I like uh, my <laughs> my, uh, my next topic, along the same lines, uh, it's like a little bump for that. Do you remember the Microsoft Surface Duo? It had like the amazing hinge, but it still had two screens between them.
1: Yeah,
0: it was two phones with hinges between them. Yeah. And they weren't even calling it a phone. They just look like two, like, iPad minis just, like, hinged together.
1: Yeah.
0: They they have some specs that I think they put it out themselves. Um, and it's supposed to have, like, flagship specs, which is a lot better because the original Duo was, like, a mid-ranger, and it had, like, Hardware from two years before it even came out. Well, the thing is, they like, announced it for a release like, more than a year later, which is really like, weird to have any company do. Um, but yeah, this one seems to have like modern specs, um, a new camera, like an F1.7 aperture. Isn't that similar to what the new iPhone 13 has?
1: yeah I think some of the models have similar to that I mean uh, the photographer me I know that generally, it's always better to let in more light pretty much, but everybody's talking about these improvements from one point six to one point five or whatever but it's not those are not massive increases they're they're helpful but yeah you know, a bigger increase would be going like a full stop going from one point five to one or which would probably not happen. yeah I'm just saying like yeah these things are great but in the in the context of uh, the rest of photography. Usually, you go from 1.4 to two to 2.8, you know, bigger increases. Versus, like, no, most people don't say, "Oh, look at the difference in this photo between 2.2 and two and 2.0." Okay, so, I mean, it's it's good, but it's I just kind of roll my eyes sometimes. Like, okay, great, awesome, little improvement, but they do they add up over time. You know, if you could look back at a phone that has a you know, 2.4 aperture and it has a 1.5 now, yeah, that's a big difference.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: they seem to have added.
0: <clears throat> three cameras to the outside, so it has a big camera bump. Before they didn't have any cameras outside; they just had the uh, like the one in the middle, like in the foldable area. Um, and this autocross from the very it shows that <laughs> the the duo two, duo two can't completely close. That's kind of weird with the screens on the outside. So if it's like you know, where if you do it like a uh, four, like uh 360 or 180 right it doesn't close completely with the screens on the outside it is unfortunate but i guess things had to be um compromised for such a small hinge between two screens yeah i mean i think
1: it's an interesting concept um but i don't know i, I struggle to be excited about it because. <laughs> although, you know, the, although they still problems, like the actual single folding screens are a thing now. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just kind of like, oh, I'd probably be more excited if this was like one, you know, one nice folding tablet versus two separate screens. But I, you know, I haven't used it. Maybe, it, maybe somehow the software makes it better. I mean, I've still heard mixed things about that. But I don't know. I, I guess it's an interesting product, but it just doesn't have, it doesn't look as futuristic and interesting and, expensive honestly as something like the, the folding galaxy phones or whatever those ones look you know they look sleeker and so you look at this and you're like oh great like, other people are releasing single screens that fold here you are with that big hinge and two displays
0: yeah it kind of just I mean it's like uh, the first it's like what I would want out of like a Nintendo DS to be I guess what I would envision, like, a DSV, the original Nintendo DS.
1: <laughs> yeah, or if they were to make something like that now.
0: I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess it's, like, $100 more than the original, which is already fourteen ninety nine so it's... Or thirteen ninety nine, and 99 so
1: now it's $14.99. Uh, That's the big thing I wonder with this. Like, who is buying these? Obviously, there's going to be, like, a, there's gonna be a handful of people who just love technology and they want to try it, but...
0: I mean, really, I'm curious what the market is for that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's similar. To, it, I guess it is a foldable phone because it folds, but it's not yeah, like... It, it definitely does fold. <laughs> um, they, I think there's still that like niche crew of people. It's like, I, I love innovating and being on cutting edge, so I'll pay the extra $100 of being in the beta crew, you know, like,
1: yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's, that's really, that's not enough to sustain a product really. I mean, I, I'm wondering if there's enough people in general, maybe, is there some amazing killer app for this in, in business or in creativity or something that'll get people to keep staying interested? Yeah. Cause it's nice to see them continue to work, to iterate on it, but how long are they going to do that before they, I'm just saying, I can't imagine sales are that high. So I, I appreciate them for trying these things, but I'm also wondering realistically, um, where are they finding people? <laughs> where are they finding people to buy this thing <laughs> when you can go out and buy was it the uh, Z Fold or the Z Flip or if or you can just forego that and buy like an iPhone 13? All these different things also cost fifteen hundred or less. I mean, you look at the technology I and mean, you're like, hmm, you know, like it's hard for people to look at that <laughs> that duo thing and say, oh, this is like the best use of my money. But, like, you know, for for a small amount of people, it doesn't matter that it's the best. Like, I spend money all the time on things so that are not a good use of my money, but they're fun.
0: Well, and on the other hand, it's Microsoft. They have, like, um, probably billions of dollars they can just, you know, burn to make some cool products. So, good yeah, on them. can,
1: but at the end of the day, they're <laughs> still a business. Yeah, they're, like, I don't know, like, Google has tons of money, but Google Google Glass famously didn't last very long. <laughs> Google Glass. Uh... Yes, I mean, hey, it's interesting that they're doing it. I mean, like I said, I'm, I like seeing people try, seeing these companies try new things. I love seeing the the folding phones. Like, I don't, I wouldn't buy one because I don't want to use Android, but I, I love the the hardware. The folding screens are awesome. Those that the sort of clamshell folding phones, I think that's super cool.
0: Yeah, I would. There is one. Well, there was one that like flipped up like a a T. LG like. Uh, made the last...
1: Oh, the wing, right? Yeah, the wing.
0: I still want one. I think it's a cool idea, but I don't know. So it's
1: like a sidekick for this.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a sidekick, but it flips out like a T. Um, yeah, those kind of ideas where it's like out of the box, right? Like, literally. It's like not just a box. It's like foldable and changes. <laughs> I, I support like... Because nowadays, everything looks exactly the same. It's just a slab of glass. And then sometimes it's given materials in the back, but it's usually another piece of glass and then a the huge camera bump. What, what else can you yeah. change? So.
1: Well, like, it kind of, I mean, it is sort of the analogy with once, I mean, if you look at the shape of most standard passenger cars for the last 10, 20, 30 years, they look they looked pretty much the same. Like, you know, things have gotten updated, but like the styles, you know, four wheels usually two or four doors, you know, and there's, there's differences, but they're pretty much that you look at a car, you recognize a car. So I wonder if that's sort of, maybe we've achieved the kind of platonic ideal of the phone shape. And most people are just kind of making that shape now because that's what they do. Um, but you know, it, it, it is, it reminds me of the times when phones were a little more, when technology was a little more interesting, you had things like the sidekick that would flip up. You had the, the, uh, the razor, really? no. yeah, oh yeah, the razor, um, sliding phones, or you know, there are even digital cameras. There was ones that could swivel to take a selfie, or you know, these pocket cameras that could do all. There's all these different things that used to exist, and now we've we've really standardized on like these candy bar phones, or I guess slate, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, so they're very uh, they're great phones, but it's, it's fun sometimes to watch something a little bit more interesting happen, even if it's uh, overpriced and probably not worth it for most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: did you have another topic, or should I uh, go with oh, my last know, one? I'm
1: probably good without it. Like we've I talked a lot today already.
0: Okay. Yeah. So my uh, uh, traditional, I guess, uh, astrophysics topic of the day would be um, uh, pertaining to galaxies in outer space. Uh, Are they vulnerable. <laughs> Yeah, they're not galaxies on your phone. Uh, they're not foldable. Well, galaxies. But um, this one is... They accidentally <laughs> discovered, uh, like, a few galaxies that are, like, hidden be- in be- behind a thick veil of dust until now. Um, they call it the edge of the space-time. Maybe it's just, like, super far out for them. They say these galaxies formed more than 13 billion years ago. So that's only about 800 million years after the birth of the universe itself, which is, I guess, comparatively pretty young. 800 million, yeah. Um, They were used, these were discovered by scientists in the NOJA, the National Astronomical, Observatory of Japan Um, they spotted these EV spectral signals it says um, by accident while studying other galaxies um, that shined brighter UV lights and the the team said that they're uh, serendipitously serendipitously I don't even know how to say it Discovery of the yeah without yeah. the L Y mm-hmm. discovery of these two um, dusty galaxies shows that our um, current UV based census of very early galaxies is still incomplete. Um, which means it good to kind of understand that there's still a lot of There's a lot of, uh, I guess, UVs. I guess more, I guess you could say more tech we can build upon to detect better these UV lights that will bring us further out into the earlier, like, years of (laughs) the universe. Because the further out you can... Detect right red of light, the further, um, the longer it's been out, it, basically it's the further back you go into um, the age of the universe. Um, and then in November 2019, using the Atacama Large Millimeter Array of the ALMA, they also. We're we'll able to discover through these dusty environments, um, these objects, uh, they call this the cosmic dawn of that e- epic, of beyond uh, re ionization when the first stars and galaxies formed. Um, yeah, it goes on and talks about a couple of other teams that were examining these galaxies, um, Said they they saw blurry patterns of emission located several thousand light years away from the bright bright resources. I guess the ones they're originally um observing. Um Yeah, so and then it goes in further detail that they're these unknown galaxies they named the rebels twelve two and the rebels twenty nine two because they um They're using the reionization era bright emission light surveys, which is called the Rebels. Um, And those are typically used to study these older um, galaxies, which can detect uh, further UV lights that most um, Mm -hmm. observatories can. they're only it says they're only detectable by the Helma because it's sensitivity to far infrared uh, wavelengths. But it says the Lucky Discovery suggests that <clears throat> as many as one in five galaxies at cosmic dawn may be hidden be- <clears throat> behind clouds of cosmic dust, which means like there's probably like five five times more galaxies than we can see with our current technology um, that are hiding behind these dust. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my interesting astrophysics that I, found. um, yeah. Any thoughts yet? On it? Nice.
1: Um, I don't know either. I do kind of like just a general i guess thought about that was that um it's it's interesting that, you know it's some fields uh in general advance to a certain point and then you don't need technology to, to advance them more you know but I mean, you might think about like Ties. You know, manufacturing of manufacturing of certain goods or um maybe certain farming certain produce or i'm not thinking of various things in life maybe you're maybe service industry or all these different, there's things in life where you get to a certain point and like, okay, this has been mostly optimized or there's not much more we can know about this thing. You know, right. I, once you learn how to cook an egg, there's, you know, obviously there's specific <laughs> ways, but you know, most people learn the basics and that's, that's mostly it. But then in certain things like this, it's really that technology that, you know, partly it's the technology and science that really can make a big difference. Continually into the future with these things, with how many galaxies that can be viewed. It's really we're, we're still very limited by the technology in terms of how far our telescopes can reach or how far our detectors can see things. Something that's kind of cool, I, you know. Another in other parts of life, you're like, okay, well, we've you know we've mapped all of the of the continent or whatever you're thinking of, or you know, we obviously haven't explored that much of the ocean, but lots of places, yeah. lots of things in life are known. But it's, I love knowing that there's still places where, you know constant improvement
0: in technology will, will reveal more to us. Yeah. The, um, I was going to just say, like, I guess it's almost similar to going to the deep uh, depths of the ocean. But there's far more space in this ocean from what I know. <laughs> um, and I guess the only technology that, Hindering us from going deeper in the ocean is uh, just like do dur- like the dur- durable like how long it can last and maybe some kind of visible um some way to to go around and see under the depths of like zero light right? um well I feel like in space. Yeah. Um, it's more just detecting different style, different kinds of lights and um, signals coming out to actually explore further out. So I guess it's very similar in one way because they're both trying to explore into a deep <laughs> darkness uh, you just need some kind of light to be able to observe things.
1: In a way, though, it's interesting because it's, because so many things in the, in the universe and in space, a, a bit light that we can observe or, you know, some sort of radiation. Let's, um, we, we can build detectors for that and we can, we can see very, very far in, you know, into space and I guess in a way into time. Um, but I don't, as far as I know, we don't really have that for things like in the you know, deep ocean. I don't, I've never read that much about whether you can go on, you know, can you go on top of one of the deepest parts of the ocean and then just, is there some way that we can, there's no telescope for the deep ocean really, right? Cause there's so right. a way. So it's so dense there that I don't think that it doesn't work the same way as, you know, like in the vacuum of space where relatively, there's not that much to get in between light from, you know, a shitload of light years away all the way into our telescope here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do know there are some kind of, um I don't want to say, it's not seismic, but some kind of like, uh I don't know, maybe like echolocation or something. It kind of shows us like what's there, like structurally, but I don't think it shows like what's like living there, you know, like it doesn't show us life. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's no way you can just, like, map the entire floor of the, uh, like, any kind of, like, trenches around Japan or near the Monterey bay without having actual, um, like, submarines or probes that can uh, go into the crevices there and, like, (laughs) explore for you, so... But yeah, I guess that's it. Any anything else you have for the podcast? Well, not so much this time. Um, just kind of, yeah. I don't think I have anything. I I'm always good to at saving topics for the next time where I can think about them more yeah. and maybe have
1: some more to talk about. So I'm sure yeah. um, long we'll be speaking again.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks for um, coming on. Uh, like always. We're- yeah uh, it's so just um Alex is out for I don't hopefully he's how long able he be to out? uh hopefully next week. I'm not sure he had um something to deal with and with the family, so um yeah he wanted to uh skip this week to have time off, I guess to say. Um
1: Kyler
0: was mm-hmm. unable... Well, uh, until next time. Yeah, Kyler was unable because he had, like, um, today and t- yes, yesterday and today, he said, like, oh, yeah, maybe I could do it early morning, but I guess his schedule wasn't, like, out until, I don't know, like, sometimes, like me, like, I don't know until they actually finished the schedule. Um,
1: I still think that's crazy. That place, <laughs> like Obviously, places work like that, but it seems... Like I don't know, it seems like you'd have a workplace that would try to give you a schedule like a week out at least, a week or two. So I feel like it's just kind of disrespectful to the people working for you if they don't know what they're doing with their lives until you tell them.
0: Yeah, I guess people just assume that you should be expected to be working the next week. I don't know,
1: you can't. Well, I mean, if you have a, I mean, if you have a set <laughs> schedule, that makes sense. Like, my schedule doesn't change, so I, I expect to work Monday through Thursday. But yeah. I mean, for, for places that change, it just seems kind of... Like, okay, fine, let it change, but you should tell people. It just seems like a courtesy to tell people, okay, yeah, in in two weeks you're going to be working on Friday and on Sunday so that people can plan their lives. I mean, we don't work the entirety (laughs) of someone's life. So I guess that's a whole other debate, you know, the quality of standard working conditions (laughs) around here.
0: Yeah, and then there's workaholics. that just work all the time, and that is their life.
1: Yeah, you. I mean, I don't work all the time but you work like six days a week at two jobs.
0: Yeah. It's not all the time. I don't work today. Uh, Anyways. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess I'll talk to you later. Yeah. See you. See you.